The following audio is from White River Christian Church. More information about White River is available on the WRCC mobile app or at wrcc.org. So music is everywhere, isn't it? Everywhere you go, you're going to hear music, whether that's in any store, any restaurant, any office, the grocery store. A video game has music behind it, Uh, movies, every movie, you've got a soundtrack, TV shows, there is music everywhere, and that is just the music you didn't choose to play specifically. Uh, Alexa just happened to tell me this past week that I should become an unlimited music subscriber so that I could have access to 90 million songs, 90 million songs. And I said, I'm good with a few million that I have. I don't know if I'll get through those in my lifetime. So thanks, Alexa. We have music everywhere. But my question is this, does that also mean that singing is everywhere? Are we a culture that sings? Are we a people that sing? I would argue that we're not, that everywhere we look, whether that's the 10 TV shows that are singing shows or talent shows, we are watching the professionals do the singing, that I don't hear stories of people gathering around with their family on Saturday and Sundays around their pianos in their living rooms, singing songs together as families. I don't hear those stories. That doesn't happen at Christmas time anymore at home. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be something that we do, even go to the ball game. I remember when I was this big, we would go to the ball games and people would sing the national anthem. I can't remember the last time I heard the people around me actually sing the national anthem. We watch the professionals do it and applaud them after it's over. That's great. But I would say we are not a people that sing. But we hope that you've noticed something very different about us here at White River and maybe many other churches just like us, that we are a people that sing. When we get together, whenever we get together, we are going to sing. But you ever wonder why? Maybe you're newer to church and you're like, why do these people sing so much? That seems increasingly strange in the culture we find ourselves, and I would say it does, but we are a people who sing, and we're going to ask that question today. Why do we sing? You see, King David, who we read about in the Old Testament, he was a king, but he sang all the time. He wrote songs, lots of songs. We have a lot of them in this book, the book of Psalms. They are songs that David and others wrote about God to God. And we started a reading plan as a church in August saying that if we're going to read one psalm a day by the end of this year, we're going to read through all 150 psalms. And so if that is new to you, my encouragement is jump in, start reading with us. Uh, You can find that plan. We've got hard copies and they're on the app. Read the Psalms with us. It's been a good journey. Um, But we are jumping into the Psalms again today, asking that question, why? Why do we sing? But did you know that singing is one of the most commanded actions in Scripture? 
You could search from beginning to end of this book, and some would argue it is the most, but it is one of the most commanded actions, whether to sing, to shout, to praise. God tells his people to do that quite often. And many times right here in the book of Psalms. So open Psalms to Psalm 103. We'll be reading a Psalm of David that lines out a few reasons why we should be people who sing. That God's people sing to God. We sing about God. We even repeat the same songs over and over. That sounds so curious. And this Psalm helps us understand this. So Psalm 103 says this, it's of David. And verse one starts this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. I'm going to stop right there just because some of you may be wondering, well, I don't see any praise commands. I don't see any calls to sing, any action to make music. Where is the singing here in Psalm 103? David seems to repeat this um, command to bless the Lord, but what does that mean? What does it mean to bless the Lord? I don't have anything that I can offer God that he doesn't already have. I can't bless him in that way but I can honor him. And I would just tell you right up front that if you look at a handful of English translations of Psalm 103, half of them would say, bless the Lord. And the other half will probably say, praise the Lord. So these words really are about praise. And just to prove that to you a little bit more, um, the neighborhood we're finding ourselves in, in the book of Psalms, about 100. If you go back to Psalm 100, they're all about singing. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Psalm 101 verse 1, I will Sing of the steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord, I will make music. We read Psalm 103. Psalm 104 is just like it. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. The same language, the same phrase. And then even Psalm 105 says this in verse 2. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works. So we are in the singing neighborhood of the Psalms. That is where we find ourselves. And this Psalm, Psalm 103, is about singing. Why we should sing, what we should sing, and even how we should sing. That is exactly where we find ourselves. We even sang a song earlier in the service called We Bless Your Name. And in that song, you were interchanging the words bless and praise even in the song. You were already doing that today and maybe you didn't even know it. We bless the Lord when we offer him praise. So, verse one, it says this. Bless the Lord Oh, my soul and all that is within me. All that is within me. 
you have your journal or your Bible, I would encourage you to highlight or circle that phrase, all that is within me. Because this is one of the first reasons David helps us understand why we sing. Because singing is very unique. Singing helps us engage every single part of us in a way that other things, other activities just simply can't do. I would argue that singing is completely unique. It does something that no other activity can do. It engages all of our being. And other things just simply don't do that. Singing engages our emotions, doesn't it? I mean, what moves you like a song? Songs are unique in how they tap into your emotional life. Singing is spiritual. That has been true for all of human history. We sing songs about what we believe in our soul. It's spiritual. Singing is intellectual. You're engaging with your mind with certain lyrics. You have to know and understand the things that you sing. You're engaging with it mentally. And singing is physical. That is, if you actually sing, when you sing, you have to open your mouth, use your lungs, project and sing. You're using your body to do something. So you're using your mind, you're using your body, you're using your heart, your soul, you're using all of it. And the scriptures would say it this way. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, one of the most important commands in all the Bible, the Jews would point to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and say, this is the most important command. And it is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That is the command the Israelites would have memorized of all of them. That that is the most important thing for anybody who loves God. That is what you're going to do. You need to love him with all of you. And Jesus reiterated this when people were asking him, hey, what's the most important thing for followers of you? What's the most important thing that we should do? Jesus says this in Mark 12. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And verse 30 says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So Jesus, in all of scriptures, point to one thing that we should be doing. We should be loving the Lord with all of us. And that is what Psalm 103 tells us, that we should be blessing the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me, all of it, every single part of it. And um, G. Campbell Morgan says this about Psalm 103 that I think is very uh, helpful. He says, the one value of these opening words is that they show us that worship is not involuntary. It's not automatic. It calls for a coordination of our powers. The sanctuary is not a lounge. It's not a place of relaxation that we should enter it with all of our powers of personality arrested, arranged, and dedicated. And then we may render a service of praise that is worthy and acceptable. 
And so God has given us a tool to follow his commands, to love him with all of us at the same time. And we can do that a lot of ways, but he has given us singing as that tool to coordinate all of us at the same time. That is fascinating to me. And I think it is true. It rings true in my experience. And that is what David says in the scriptures say. Singing engages all of us, every part of us. But that isn't all singing does. Singing does something really unique. Singing puts truth inside you and I. When we sing certain things, we're actually taking truth and we're putting it in all of those parts of us. Because we're engaged emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, physically. That the truth then goes into all of us when we sing songs that are true about God, about his word. You see, when David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, I read that as almost like David is saying this blessing the Lord is something we need to do. We're going to honor him. We're going to praise him. And then it's almost like he says, oh, my soul. He's speaking to his own soul. He's speaking truth. He's saying, my soul needs this blessing. I need to do this action, oh, soul. He's like talking to his own heart. He's talking to himself. And what's fascinating to me is that our world does not treat our souls this way. Our world says, you can follow your soul, follow your heart, do what feels right. That the world tells us you need to follow all the things that you find within you, that that will lead you in the right direction, to the right spaces, to the right decisions. I don't know about you, but those are the kinds of decisions that I regret when I follow the urges and emotions and things that are inside of me. And David, I would argue, is saying, no, the scriptures and the Lord says we can actually take truth and speak it to our souls. That is very different than what we hear out in the world. The the scriptures say we sing truth to get it deep down inside of us. Verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We are singing, we're blessing the Lord so that we don't forget it. That is why we do this, because singing does something very unique in that it puts that truth deep down in our life so that we have it when we need it. See, the world says we need to meditate and find what's in our life and in our hearts and in our souls, and we need to be empty. We need to meditate so that we can be freed and have an empty, clear mind. The scriptures say, no, 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 no. We need to fill our minds with the truth. We need to dwell on the word of God. We need to put it inside of us. So when we meditate biblically, and that could be through singing or even just spending time with the Lord, we are filling our life with the truth. And singing is one way that we do this. And singing, we take very seriously as a church. 
I don't know if you've ever thought about this. We, we take what happens on this stage for the preaching and the teaching of the word extremely serious. But the things that I am saying right now are only filling your ears and your minds. When we sing songs and we put words on the screens, we're not only filling your ears and your minds, but we're putting words in your mouth. There's a whole nother level of accountability that we have as a church when we are telling you what to say. You ever thought about that? And so we think about the songs that we sing quite often here as a church. The role of leading worship is a significant role because we're putting these things in your mouth and they better be true. They better line up with God's word. And that's also why we repeat things. We repeat things a lot. You might think, well, why do we sing that one song over and over, or this one chorus over and over? Because we want to put that song in you, all the way in you, so that you would experience it and know it and believe it and have that truth deep down in you. So those are two fantastic reasons why we sing as a church. And there are so many more why we sing. We're going to take a whole series exploring this question, but David continues and we can learn even more why we sing from just this psalm. So let's keep reading. Start back in verse two. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his way to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. David is writing a beautiful psalm, a song that shows us God's great love. And when we sing, when we sing the songs that we should be singing, it shows us God's love in a unique way. Because that love then is engaged in every part of our being if we're singing songs about God's love. David talks about God's love in a very specific way. Um, if you notice, it says with the same adjective in English, steadfast love. And the reason that is described that way throughout Psalm 103 in verse 4, in verse 8, in verse 11, later we'll see it again in verse 17, 
It's one Hebrew word. I would argue the one Hebrew word, if you're going to learn a word in Hebrew, you need to learn this one word, and it's translated two words, steadfast love. That word is hesed, H-E-S-E-D. That's a Hebrew word for steadfast love. And this whole section is about God's hesed, God's steadfast love, that we are crowned with it, that we need to understand it. We couldn't possibly understand who God is or our faith without singing about this love. Verse four, this is a love that redeems you. It redeems your life, that God has purchased you because he loves you. Verse six, we see that God's love is righteous. It is right in every part of him. He is good and pure and righteous. That is his love. Verse eight, the Lord is merciful and gracious. God's love is one that extends mercy and grace to all of us. He sets aside his anger, it says, because of this chesed, this love. In verse 11 and 12, some amazing poetry here that as high as the heavens are, you could not possibly measure God's love because you could start here and measure to the heavens and that does not give you enough space to measure God's love. God loves you so much. He took the things about you that you are ashamed of, that you need to be forgiven from. And if you took a person and you sent them going east for all of eternity and you measured the distance between that person and someone that you sent going west for all of eternity, that that is how much God loves you and how much he has taken your sins away from you. We need to sing about that. I want to sing about that because that is who God is and we love him. And that's why we're gonna repeat songs that talk about Jesus and his love, and how he accomplished all those things, and what that means for you and I. So we are going to sing, and we're going to sing, and we're going to sing about this over and over again, because we need it. And again, that isn't even the tip of the iceberg as to why we sing. David feeds us some more reasons Verse 13, he says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels. You mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his host, his ministers do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. As David finishes this psalm, 
what stands out to me is how David teaches us and shows us that we are all united in our position before God, that we are all the same. And so when we sing about God, it unites and binds us together. That is what singing does. We're singing to the same God with one voice, that it binds us together because we are reminded that we are his children, verse 13. That everybody who believes and trusts in Jesus, John 1 tells us, you are given the right to be a child of God. So it doesn't matter if you're the one teaching, the person sitting in the back or the front. If you believe those things, we are all the same before God. We have the same relationship. No one is more special than the other. Verse 14, we must remember there's something common about all of us. We are dust. Meaning, God created all of us, and there's no one that is different than another. It doesn't matter how famous, how talented you are. It doesn't matter if you're the one leading worship or the one in the back. It does not matter. We are all the same before this true God who loves you and I. And not only that, he reminds us in verse 15, your days are like grass, all of us, but we are just like an instant. And so our praise matters to us way more than God, but it levels the playing field. And that's what singing does for us. We're on equal footing at the cross. We're on equal footing receiving God's steadfast love. And we need the truth to guide us. And what's really neat is we're not alone. It's not just you and I. When we sing, we're singing with all the other people around the world that are singing true things about God this Sunday morning. That's pretty amazing. It unites us if we're singing the same true things about God. And not only that, verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, O you his angels. God's saying, hey, even the angels are going to sing to him because they should, they're commanded to. Not only the angels, but all of creation, verse 22, all of the things that he has done, all of his works, all the things that he did in the past, they are going to bless and praise him. And I would say you could add all this stuff up together. And I would say that singing is a gift that God has given all of us to feed us. That is something that we need, that we crave, even if we aren't aware of it, because God made us that way. He made us to sing. He made us to praise and sing and bless and shout Him. And so in that way, singing feeds us, which is why we repeat this. We repeat these songs over and over because just like we eat many meals, we need to be fed in all of our being with all that is within us through singing. And that's a gift. And so that may be something that you think that's wonderful. You explained properly through the scriptures that we should sing. I hope you see that. And that is just this chapter there is many more, but um, it's also scientifically true that singing is something that feeds you, feeds your person. Jim Thompson is the author of a book that was just published this year. It's called Sing Loud, Die Happy. 
And in it, he references tons of scientific studies that show how singing affects people. It's fascinating. One is something that you probably already know, how it kicks your memory into high gear. When you sing, you remember things. That's why going through school, you put songs to all these things that you have to memorize and learn. You put a song to the 50 states and the United States presidents and everything else that you need to remember in school so that you pass the test. Why? Because singing helps you remember these things, right? We know this. It fosters recall. It helps memory health. Maybe some of you have an older family member and they... Um, their memory is failing them, but you start playing the old hymns and they start singing amazing grace. It's an amazing thing to see, but that's because singing does something in our mind. But did you know that singing also, beyond that, which I think we already all know, that it boosts our immune system? It actually does something physiologically in your bloodstream. He says that we can see proteins in the blood that produce antibodies dramatically and drastically multiply when people sing and immediately after. In a different way than if you did the same study on the same person and they were just passively listening to music. It's different. That's crazy. That God created our bodies this way, that it is good for you and good for me. He continues, he says, regular singing, it improves posture, it helps sleep, it can function like a workout. So there you go, that's all the reasons you need there to go sing. Function like a good workout, we're going to be singing all day. It widens communication skills, it decreases stress, it increases cross-cultural empathy, it extends life expectancy, it serves as a mood enhancer, it bolsters confidence, and he says he could go on and on and on. So we are asking the question, why should we sing? I'm asking the question, why wouldn't you sing? Why wouldn't you sing? We should sing. If your soul is hungry today, sing. If there's something off with your spirit, your emotions today, you should come with the people of God and sing. It is feeding your soul. It is good for you. God tells us to do the things that are good for us. That's why he tells us to do it. It is gonna feed us. And if you don't believe the Psalms, if you don't believe the science, I can only turn to Buddy the Elf, who is a famous singer, who says, anybody can sing. It's just like talking, except longer and louder, and you move your voice up and down a little bit. That's what he says, right? You can do it. You can sing. And if you don't believe Buddy the Elf, my last, last, last resort is to tell you my own experience. Because I grew up right here in this church, White River Christian Church, meeting at 1685 North 10th Street in Noblesville, Indiana. I put my faith in Jesus here as a little kid. I went to VBS, I did youth group, I served, I did all kinds of things. I came every week with my family. But I was the kid who believed all those things in my mind. But I sat where you sit with my arms crossed, 
very cordially. I wasn't upset, but I didn't sing. I didn't like to do that. I never did that. I was never in the choir. That wasn't who I was. I was an athlete. Why would I sing? That's for other people. Of course, I respect it. I understand that's what we do in the church, but that was my story. And I believed all these things, but when I looked at it, you know what my faith was like when my attitude was that way? Not what it could have been. And it wasn't until I was in high school when the Lord really got a hold of my heart and I began to see the scriptures in a new way and the Holy Spirit really was bringing something fresh in my life and I was seeing, wow, all the things that God has done for me and the things he has for me and I was challenged. All these things that I believed in my head, maybe you should sing about it as well. And it was one of the first steps that I took in my faith as I was growing. Maybe you should sing. Don't care about the people around you. It doesn't matter that you've never done that before. It doesn't matter what you're going to sound like. Open your mouth, Andrew, and sing with all that you are. And I tried it, and my life has changed, not just because of the singing, but all the things that God was doing at the same time, and it also happened to be through singing. Singing changed my life. Singing also was the first step that I ever took in my leadership journey in life. You could ask my former youth pastor at the time. You may know him. His name is Fred Knoll. Do you know him? He was my youth pastor in high school. And I remember when that was happening in my life, I asked him, is there, what could I do to help the youth group, the student ministry right now? And he said, well, we need someone to lead worship. And I was like, uh, I'm not a singer. I've never been in choir. I've never done this ever. It didn't matter. I put a microphone in my hand and I stepped up. It didn't matter what I sounded like. And I led worship in our student ministry. And God used that. That was the first step I ever took in leadership ever was to sing. And God used that in my life. And so I don't know where you sit today. I don't know what's going on in your heart, in your mind today. I'm sure there are some of you that are like, this was a waste of time. I was already singing with my hands raised the first two songs that we sang. I was already convinced you just wasted your time. Why aren't we singing already, Andrew? Let's sing. But I know there's others of you that love the music and you love what we're doing, but maybe you haven't opened your mouth to sing. My challenge today, do it. Try it. Take those thoughts and that theology that's in your mind and put it throughout your body as you can lift up these songs to God and sing. And maybe you're that person in the back. You're like, I've never opened my mouth one time in this place and I don't intend to. The Bible says you should. And if you don't, you're missing out. There's no caveat that you have to be a professional, that you have to sound good at all. It says, make a joyful noise and you can do that. There's no caveat that says it has to be your favorite song. I'll sing when you play the song that I pick. No, that's not how it works. There's no caveat that says the volume isn't exactly how I like it here at church. No, that's not the caveat. It is sing, sing, 
sing. And when you do, your soul will be fed and we will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love expressed through Jesus, that we can experience that and that we get to lift our voices and sing to you. Thank you for this great and incredible gift. Remind us that just because music is everywhere, we still need to engage in singing, putting your truth into our hearts and our life. May we do that as a church and as your people. In your name, amen.